This is an Odyssey original. This is the War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. And I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Ukraine's President Zelensky addressed the UN Security Council this morning, saying the Russian military must be brought to justice for war crimes. Also implored the UN to get more involved in countering the Russian invasion of his country. Comes after Ukraine says Russian troops massacred civilians in the town of Bucha, a suburb of Kiev. President Biden has already called for a war crimes trial for Vladimir Putin. We'll take a closer look at whether the UN or The Hague can stop the Russian war machine in Ukraine. And we'll head back to Kiev to talk to a Ukrainian man that you heard from earlier in the war. He spent some time in a bomb shelter. He also has a friend who just visited Bucha to see the destruction up close. But we start with uh, Ukraine President Zelensky addressing the United Nations. Pamela Falk is a CBS News foreign affairs analyst and is at the U.N. Pamela, thanks for being with us. How did uh, Zelensky's speech go over with the U.N.? Hi, Mike. Hi, Charles. Um, It was grim here. The message was clear, and that was that Ukraine has seen unspeakable atrocities, not merely war, and that the Ukrainian people want peace and justice and a security system going forward. So what you heard here were just mind-boggling specifics about the town of Bucha, which is a suburb of Kiev. So they said civilians were crushed by tanks. They were taken out and cut the limbs cut off, pulled their tongues pulled out. Women were raped and killed in front of their children. It just went on and on. And that's what Ukraine has found in mass graves and around the streets just as the Russians pull out. So their fear is that it will be in every town when the Russians pull out. They found people in basements um, tortured and dead. So it, it just went on and on with a very supportive but grim sense that the U.N. can't do a whole lot. And that was one of the points he was actually making, too, right? Right. Which is, what good is the Security Council if you can't guarantee security? You guys, the five, are supposed to be there and stop things like this from happening. But if Russia's on there and can do whatever it wants, then what are we supposed to do about it? Precisely. And it's why twice in the past month and probably coming up next week, if not later this week, uh, the U.S. and U.K. and France have all brought resolutions to the General Assembly with 193 members, and everyone has an individual vote and no vetoes by Russia, but it just doesn't have enforceability as the 15-nation Security Council has in terms of what it can do. So what he was saying was, look, if you can't, you have to do one of two things, is exactly the way he said it either remove Russia as an aggressor, and he's supportive of the U.S. push to to boot Russia from the U.N. Human Rights Council. But in terms of the Security Council, he said either remove Russia as an aggressor or change the seat itself and reform the structure. Because, if, as you said, if the U.N. Charter in 1945 was set up to avoid this kind of war, then accountability must be taken for what has occurred. I mean, these are not, this is not battlefield detainees. This is not 
army against army. These, this is a full army onslaught on civilians. What was the Russian reaction there? Well, the Russian ambassador, Vasily Nebenzia, has been in a state of denial. He's echoing what the foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, is saying and Putin has said, and that is that these are made-up stories, that these were not atrocities, that they were these bodies weren't on the street when they left. And satellite photos, and this is 2022. You can't just muddy the waters by denying. Uh, there are satellite photos of the bodies on the streets when they left. So, um, And it's certainly a lot of eyewitness testimony of people who saw the crimes. Uh, so um, the, the, it just, it's, you know, it's, it's not working. And as you say, now what Zelensky also asked for was accountability. He wants these investigations to move forward, and several of them are. The International Criminal Court has an investigation started. The U.N. Human Rights Council itself has an inquiry, and the U.N. monitoring mission in Ukraine, in addition to Ukraine's own prosecutor. So unlike uh, the Nuremberg trials after the Holocaust or Milosevic after the former Yugoslavia trials, those were all years after the events occurred. This evidence is being collected in real time, and that will give a push to a prosecution. Pamela Fox, CBS News foreign affairs analyst at the U.N. President Biden has called for a war crimes trial against Vladimir Putin. Of course, this comes after news of the alleged massacre of civilians by Russian troops in Bucha and the warnings that extensive war crimes have been carried out in other Russian-occupied areas of Ukraine. But how easy would it be to actually prosecute the leader of a major country? Juscelino Corrales is a co-director of the Frederick Cox International Law Center at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Uh, so this will be a massive challenge for international prosecutors putting the sitting president of Russia on trial for war crimes. Will that ever actually happen? Well, it may happen, but probably not while Putin is president of Russia and, and of the Russian Federation. The reason I say that, and first of all, we have to always start these things by saying there is a growing volume of evidence that war crimes have been committed. You know, cluster bombs, uh, 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 are basically you're, bombs that you're not targeting. They're not targeted bombs. They're bombs, they're designed to explode through vast swaths of, 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 of territory. And then firing missiles at civilian apartments, uh, civilian installations, et cetera. So there's no doubt on that question. The question then becomes how to bring, uh, you know, uh, President Putin to ju justice and whether that makes sense at this point where, it may actually even, uh, you know, uh, provide uh, an added incentive for President Putin to double down and uh, 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 to see if he can get a, a quick result, if not an attack uh, by uh, chemical weapons, which would make matters worse. So there's there are these two questions. Now, you asked me a lawyer question, and here we go. <laughs> uh, to bring President uh, Putin to justice, you would have to uh, basically establish you know, uh, one court that has jurisdiction over him. Everybody would, would, would imagine immediately that to be the International Criminal Court, the ICC, uh, uh, that operates in The Hague. The problem with that is that neither the United States, China, or Russia 
uh, are, are signatories of the ICC charter. So immediately upon the ICC beginning investigations, and they have already begun investigations, they have an observer there uh, uh, currently uh, uh, taking in data and testimony. Uh, the problem is that Russia is not going to surrender its own president. And uh, so then the other option that could uh, be created, it's more perhaps more possible, is if uh, the leaders of the West, you know, uh, united and as they seem to be, uh, the, you know, prevailed on the creation of an of a special tribunal. Well, that still leaves the problem of bringing Putin uh, uh, to the court, and the Russian Federation will not evidently surrender its president. Its, pre its president basically uh, controls it. So. Uh, uh, what can happen is so wait a minute, so wait a minute. So it, so it, it we're sounds kind like of hearing answer, like a it this sounds is like a the answer no. is no. It sounds like to cut to the chase because it sounds like the answer is no. Right? The Russians are never going to own up to this. In you've got we've got civilians with like clear signs of being executed, yes. and then the Russians right. saying, "Oh no, no, they did that to themselves." No, no, absolutely not. That's uh, an absolute falsehood. But uh, the the question then becomes. In what scenario, in what set of circumstances would that be possible? And I can think of one example. Uh, Omar Bashir, the leader of Sudan until 2019, uh, when he was uh, deposed, uh, he's going to be, he's being brought to trial by the ICC now because he's no longer in power. A coup ousted him. And so he's being out of power now, uh, you know, uh, Sudan is is providing him. But you yes, but you you just point, mentioned something that's a materially uh, interesting fact that he was brought to justice because there was a coup. There was a change in government in the country, right? right. So so is in effect what you're saying is the only plausible way to ever put Vladimir Putin on trial would be there would have to be basically a, a change in the structural government of Russia so that they would be inclined to allow him to be extradited for a trial. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Uh, uh, without that option, not possible. Now, let's say, again, entertaining the, 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 entertaining the idea that Putin is brought to justice at some point, uh, you still have to prove direct responsibility, you know, that the generals acted uh, directly uh, uh, under his orders. And that is, uh, 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 that is not so easy to prove. I mean, you have to prove this beyond a reasonable doubt in any criminal court. And, uh, 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 and of course, you would have to first uh, convict a couple of generals. You have to bring some generals as witnesses that they basically would have to state, as in Nuremberg, that they, uh, 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 that they uh, uh, were acting under his orders, direct orders, and that they did exactly as he asked. But uh, so I'm just saying that there is this on the merits kind of challenge besides the jurisdictional problems we discussed before. Yeah, you got to work your way up. Uh, Husselino Calares, co-director of the Frederick Cox International Law Center at uh, Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Short break, and then we'll check back in with a Ukrainian man who, when we last talked to him, was living in a bomb shelter deep under the capital of Kiev. Images coming out of the Kyiv suburb Babucha have uh, horrified the world. Ukraine saying Russian troops massacred civilians. Bodies found on the streets, many with their hands tied behind their backs. Several of the dead men had been shot in the back of the head. There was also a mass grave in Bucha, 
which dozens of bodies have been exhumed from. We talk now again to Karel, who lives in Kiev. We last spoke to him about three weeks ago. He had spent some time then, then in a bomb shelter. And he just had a friend uh, travel to Bucha and took pictures there of the destruction. Karel, thanks for being back with us. I'm glad you are still doing well. What is the latest in the capital, Kiev, where you happen to be? And, and what did your friend see in that suburb, Bucha? Uh, hey, guys. Nice to hear you again. Uh, today, the uh, situation in Kiev, uh, I think, is, is much better than uh, three weeks ago. Um, the city is coming to life. Uh, I think a lot of small shops are opened right now. Um, a lot of people coming back to the city. And uh, even through the mayor uh, saying that it's still uh, um, not really safe. But yeah, a lot of people are coming back already. Uh, yeah, about the butcher, what, what can, can I say? That's uh, horrible images. Uh, I think uh, all the world are seeing them. Uh, that's just war crimes. And uh, my friend uh, actually come there uh, yesterday. He saw, uh, saw it by his own eyes. And uh, yeah, he said uh, it was horrible. But uh, um, even in this horrible situation, uh, in this uh, horrible days that we uh, having these days in Ukraine, uh, there are still people who still live in Bucha, in Irpin, in uh, Boromla. Uh, in all Kyiv Oblast, uh, so and they just glad that our forces coming back, taking all these towns, and they are grateful for our guys and girls who are now in military forces. When you talk to your friends who came back, how was he doing after seeing all that? Because the pictures are, are horrible enough, but to actually see with your own eyes, I mean, that must have been really really terrible for him uh yes uh, I, I don't know if you can say this but he was kind of lucky he, he didn't see the bodies because uh, they already taken from the streets uh, so he was later uh, b before uh, the most horrible pictures were uh, was taken uh, he only saw the destruction of the cities, of the buildings, uh, streets. Uh, but yeah, that's still horrible. Uh, also, he saw uh, the our Maria uh, airplane. If you know it, it was the biggest airplane in the world, uh, and the Russian destroyed it. And, and Bucha, by the way, so that our audience has a sense of distance, is not that far, is it, from where you are in Kiev? It's uh, something like uh, 30 kilometers, uh, I think. So, yeah, uh, people uh, who live there uh, in peaceful time, they just go to their works in Kiev. 
by the car. So I was going to say, so, so, so if you got in a car, how long would it take you by car to get from where you are to Bucha? Well, uh, I don't have a car, so I don't no, no. know, but... <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe forty minutes, maybe, okay. maybe so, half so, an hour. It depends on the traffic. Right. So it's actually. so it's close. It's close to where you are now. So I'm wondering what thoughts are going through your mind because these atrocities that happened didn't happen a world away from where you're sitting now, talking to us. They happened within maybe a thirty or forty minute car ride. Uh, yeah, that's horrible, but uh, that's that's the only uh, thought I have. Uh, nothing less. Uh, other uh, my other thoughts. It's all about uh, war crimes. That's all Russian troops who did there. They just uh, war criminals. You think there's going to be and a I punishment can't... for them at some point? For the Russians, the Russian leadership so. after I, all this? I hope so. I hope everyone who did this uh, uh, will, will go to the trial. And uh, I don't know um, if it can't happen. And I know I don't know if it need to be happened. But maybe even the deaths will be good punishment for those people. If you can call them people, because I don't know how in 21st century someone can do something like this. Because they raped uh, not only women, but uh, children. How is it possible in uh, Europe in 21st century? And uh, that's all my thoughts, actually. Tell us a little bit... Uh about your own situation now. We talked to you, as we mentioned, about three weeks ago. Uh, give us an update yeah. on, on what's happening with you and your own family. Um, my family actually is not in Kiev. they in uh, my hometown. Uh, it's called Putivl. Uh, it's near the Russian border, maybe 30 kilometers to the Russian border. And uh, hopefully my family is safe. Uh, the Russian troops didn't come into the, my hometown. Uh, the only thing they did, they destroyed the bridge uh, uh, with the biggest city in my region. Uh, but uh, if, if, I, if I can compare, if it need to be compared yeah uh, my hometown is kind of lucky because if uh, if it's only the bridge it's uh, it's the best thing that can happen in this situation because all people in hometown uh, hopefully safe and uh, my situation uh, is right now i'm okay i'm safe uh, is uh, a lot uh, safer in Kyiv right now. I come back to uh, my neighborhood because I lived in a shelter. Then I lived uh, in an apartment of, of my friends. Now I come back uh, to my neighborhood. And uh, yeah, it's quiet here. Um, everything uh, is okay. 
actually here nothing tell you that uh, there is a war uh, because everything is okay every building uh, the only thing that it's not much cars right now uh, and it's not much people because uh, even through people coming back to the capital uh, they uh, still a lot of people uh, somewhere on the western ukraine or in europe kirill thank you for speaking with us again and uh we're glad that you are safe um where you are now and the kiev is a little bit safer than it was uh, and, and we hope to talk again soon this is an odyssey original find us and others on the odyssey app apple podcasts google podcasts and stitcher